This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast, all things Cleveland sports, with your host, John Suchan. And welcome to another episode of the Johnny Cleveland podcast. It is a Saturday night. We are at halftime of the Ohio State Michigan State Spartans game. Not sure if it's much of a game as the Buckeyes are dominating 35 to 3 at the present moment. Yeah, that's right. 35 to 3. Marvin Harrison has three touchdowns. And uh, man, would he not look good in a Cleveland Browns uniform next season? I'm telling you what, that kid, I've watched a lot of receivers over the years and coming out of college and that kid, he could do it all. He could really help. Speaking of wide receivers for the Cleveland Browns, just wrote an article. It should be coming out of Northeast Ohio Sports Insiders, a great periodical. Check them out out there on the World Wide Web. I'm writing an article about, yes, that's right, Mr. Cooper. Coop! Cooper, yep, yeah, Amari Cooper, the Browns wide receiver, number one wide receiver, has been spectacular. Nothing short of Mr. Reliable this season. Um, had a great couple of catches last week, including a perfectly thrown ball by, that's right, Deshaun Watson as he threw it right into the bread basket of Armari Cooper. Uh, did not go for a touchdown, but it was a beautiful throw. Ended up that game with five receptions for 139 yards. You can read my article coming up here soon. Uh, check that out tonight or check it out in the morning as you get prepped for, that's right, the Brownies versus those damn rat birds. Can't I tell you I hate, I loathe, yeah. Don't we all hate Baltimore? For God's sakes, man. They stole our team. Art Modell. Ugh, what an idiot. Um, yeah. You young folks, you young fans, you don't understand. You don't understand why fans like myself and Browns fans who've been around a little bit longer than you loathe Baltimore. It's why we have Baltimore hate on the What the Elf Was That show with Joel Cade. Yeah, we hate Baltimore. We don't like your city either. And when we go to your town to go watch football games, you got people in the stands who are trying to beat up other people. You're not a very uh, kind uh, spot. Not going to see me going to Baltimore anytime soon. Ugh. Man, they stole our team, folks. You got to understand that, okay? And some of these young folks and fans or, or even older fans or even fans who say that they're older and they follow the team, they're not from here. They're like from Atlanta, Georgia, or they live in Florida and they say that they're a Browns fan, but they've never, never stepped foot in Cleveland. Now, I got to give credit for some Browns fans who are loyal, diehard fans, um, there are folks out there that are like that. Um, Josh uh, out there in Wichita, he's the Browns backers president who I used to be part of the Browns backers. He's a become a loyal Browns fan. He um, 
never lived in Cleveland, but he's a diehard and um, has made his way here to Cleveland over the years. But those are the kind of fans that are are true loyal Browns fans. But you got a lot of these other fans who they they might even write about the Browns, but they've never lived here. They've never experienced what it means to really be a Browns fan. And I I don't think if you've not lived here or been from this area or seen what the Browns have gone through um, since decades ago, I don't think you can truly appreciate and truly write or discuss the Browns um, clearly. And I'm a little biased about that. Can you tell? So, yeah, we don't like the Ravens. We loathe the Ravens. And that's who the Browns play tomorrow. And so when people ask about, you know, who do we hate? You know, who is it when we watch the Browns play? You know, who do we hate more, the Ravens or the Steelers? Well, they're both about equal. But, you know, it's hard, man. Like the Steelers are just like we loathe their football team. Their football team sucked. The Steelers program sucked until the 70s. It wasn't until they got Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, Lynn Swan, all those players, and then everything changed. I'd I'd have to say it's probably probably Pittsburgh first for me, and then a very close second with the Ravens. Honestly, some days it's the Ravens. I just can't stand the fact that they stole our team. It's just improbable what they did, what Art Modell did to Cleveland. And then I hear some fans who go on and they say, "Well, you know, Art, you know, he really got he got screwed over by." the city of Cleveland and, you know, they should have just given him his football stadium. And, you know, they gave us, they gave the team or they gave the Indians a baseball stadium. Why didn't they give Art Modell his stadium? Art Modell was a Jack. Okay. Art Modell was a Jack. You go back and talk to anybody that watched Art Modell growing up and, and going through the years in Cleveland. He got rid of Paul Brown. He got rid of Jim Brown. Yes, that's right. Paul Brown and Jim Brown. Okay. So when you start talking about Art Modell, just stop it. If you want to forgive the guy, he screwed the Browns team over years ago. And we have no respect for that man at all. Anyway, the Browns have a big game tomorrow against this Ratbirds team. They did not show up to play in the first game as Deshaun Watson was a late scratch in that game. And um, they threw in DTR. That's right, DTR, the rookie from UCLA, who looked like a deer looking in the headlights, right? He was awful. And um, But now we got Deshaun back. Now, Baltimore, yes, they've won some games. Yes, they have. We know that. They beat C.J. Stroud in game one uh, of the season against the Houston Texans. Boy, the Texans, by the way, man, C.J. Stroud did not expect him to do what he's doing in Houston. That comeback, I watched it on replay, having been in Cleveland, didn't get to see the game in person. But how they... What they had 40 some seconds to go in that game and they came back and beat Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, man, they what a what what a choke job. 
let's hope the Browns don't have one of those things happen to them tomorrow with their defense. After the Browns played such a spectacular game against the lowly Arizona Cardinals. And yes, they are very lowly. Um, did you guys hear the, um, what is it? The uh, Dobbs story, Josh Dobbs story about how he got released by the Arizona Cardinals and then managed to get over to Minnesota. Just crazy. He's, talks about how the stupid new coach for the Arizona Cardinals basically kept telling him that he was not going to be traded and um, he was not going to start, but he was not going to be traded that following week when they played the Browns this last time. And then the following day he got um, what a message from his agent and said that he could be traded back to the Browns, which I thought that was interesting or to Minnesota and still his coach said, no, we're not trading you. And then he was traded. But it doesn't sound like Arizona has anything of anything. And their star quarterback, Kyler Murray, is just an idiot. I mean, he's – I have, don't know where he's going or, you know, what he'll be doing. Um, he's supposedly coming off this injury and will be starting, so we'll see how he looks. But uh, the Cardinals have really fallen off the cliff. I think they're, what, 1-7, 1-8 now? But we don't care about them anymore. All we care about are the Baltimore Ratbirds coming up tomorrow. So how are the Browns going to beat the Ratbirds? I think there's a lot of concern. Um, well, let's pause here for a break. This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast. We are part of the Fanatical Elves Network. We appreciate you following along on Apple, on Spotify, watching us here live on YouTube or on the X. We'll be right back after these short commercial breaks and we are back here on the johnny cleveland podcast thank you for joining us again we're uh, at halftime or halftime just ended between ohio state and michigan state ohio state is crushing minnesota state Mich michigan state i don't know why they even came down here to play the buckeyes it's they're, they're getting crushed um ohio state i gotta tell you they they look pretty slick in these uh all gray uniforms. I kind of like those. Uh, so the Browns tomorrow, they're going to be wearing, I think they're white tops and orange pants. Um, there was some, a lot of various videos uh, surfacing this last couple of days. One of them was back in 2019. Do you remember when Nick Chubb took the ball, like what, 93 yards for a touchdown against Baltimore when we beat Baltimore in Baltimore. Now we don't have Nick Chubb tomorrow which is sad, but we do have somebody like Mr. Reliable, Mr. Cooper, a uh, wide receiver who's just been crushing it this year. He has 617 yards of, re of receiving yards, two touchdowns. He had a uh, career-high nine touchdowns last year. You know, you think about it. He's been in the league for nine years, and he has not had a, um, a career-high more than uh, – nine uh nine touchdowns and back in when he played in college he came from the university of alabama that ro roll tide uh he had 16 touchdowns and about 17 1800 yards receiving that junior year of his before he got drafted number four in the 2015 draft wow so um how are the browns going to beat the baltimore ratbirds well They've got to play smarter. 
<laughs> they've got to not turn the ball over. They did not turn the ball over last week, which is a very good sign. And, and the Browns defense had one of their better games of the season of, of uh, the last 10 years with a shutout 27 to nothing with seven sacks. Um, they had miles Garrett on video and audio the other game. It was fun to listen to him on replay on that. But um, so they've got to limit the turnovers. We all know that we know that the Browns I think they were a minus 10 coming into last week's Cardinals game, but then they were a plus three in that game. So that's good. That's a good sign. So we're, we're moving in the right direction. Uh, what's scary is that the Browns already have, I think I want to say, is it 18 or 17 turnovers on the season? And for comparison's sake, back in 2020, when they went to the playoffs, they only had like 18 for the entire season. And we're only, you know, um, eight or nine games into this season. So that's not a good uh, sign, but it's nice to get to play the Cardinals midway through the season. And hopefully they take that momentum that they got with a great performance against them and do some really good things tomorrow. It would be nice to see them, uh, you know, get in front of a pass or two. Maybe, maybe we could get a pick six. Um, the defense is going to have to generate some mo mo motivation uh, they're going to have to mot motivate their offense. Hopefully the offensive players uh, from Deshaun Watson to Cooper uh, can stay on the field, control that time of possession, which has whenever that's usually been a good sign that the Browns are going to win the game. Uh, look back a little bit at Kevin Stefanski and his record, I, you know, um, over the last three years and where we stand right now. You know, Kevin's play calling, I know, has been suspect over the years, but he's really had a really good season overall. And I know there was a lot of complaining after that um, miscue on third and three up in Seattle. And every Browns fan that doesn't like Kevin Stefanski wanted to point to that play like it had some huge bearing on the final outcome, which it did not. But Outside of that, Kevin Stefanski has been calling a really great season. Um, his play calling, considering that he's minus Nick Chubb, uh, he's been without Deshaun Watson for a good chunk of the season again, has really been outstanding. So, you know, you think about Kevin and you think about what's going to happen. You know, you think about the very first time that the Browns played the Ravens in 2020 under Kevin Stefanski, they got blown out of the water. I remember doing a podcast after that, one of our Johnny Cleveland shows, and again, it was like, oh my God, what's going to happen with this Browns team? But the Browns turned it around. Kevin Stefanski did an outstanding job, got the team ready to play the Cincinnati Bengals on a Thursday night game that followed, and the Browns won that game. Now, this is the second time in Stefanski's four-year career that the team is 5-3 and three in the season. Last year, they were, um, what is it, 4-4? Four and four. And the year before that, they were, let's see, back in 20. Oh, let's see. I had it written down here. Um, they were 2022 last year. They were actually, last year they were three and five. 
Back in 2021, they were four and four. In 2020, they were five and three. So they're in a good spot again. Uh, that 2020 season, man, they ran off four wins um, after they got to five and three. They're actually five and two. They lost. They got so after eight games, they were five and three. And then they ran off. Do you remember that year in 2020? They came back from the bye. They beat the Texans, and that was the game where Nick Chubb ran the ball down to the one yard line and ran the ball out of bounds. Beautiful team play. Then they beat Philly. Now Philly's outstanding now and Super Bowls and all this, but they beat Philly. Then they won a third game against Jacksonville. Do you remember that? The Browns went to Jacksonville and won in a crazy kind of, it was a close game at the end, but it really shouldn't have been. And then everyone was talking about the Tennessee Titans that year and the Browns just took care of Tennessee and Hollywood Higgins was taking pictures with Baker Mayfield um, after scoring some touchdowns. And so that team actually went from five and three they went up to nine and three. Do you remember that? They got all the way to nine and three during the 2020 season. And then they lost a game or two and then everyone was panicking. And then we hit the Browns had to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers um, to get into the playoffs, which they did. And then they got to play the Steelers again and they beat the Steelers again. So, you know, I think Stefanski is going to have to really call a good game tomorrow. And hopefully the players execute those plays that's the key you know i do coaching uh basketball and always talk to our players about running the plays and executing them i can't emphasize that enough and and coaches do that every every day every every week when they're coaching their teams regardless of what what sport they're they're coaching and so the players are going to have to really step up and execute the Browns running game. It's been really funny to listen to everyone's take on the Browns running uh, game, including our network here amongst our colleagues, uh, Rod Bloom, Joel, Cade, the village, Elliot, Steve Gill, Sam uh, Britton, who just came out with his Browns breakdown show earlier t- tonight. The, but the takes amongst all of us is very different. Um, I mean, just generally speaking, if you go back and look at, every game the Browns have played this season and their run game, they've, they've done really some great things. They've been averaging 150 to 160 yards. Go back and look. And, and I, and the argument against that is, well, they're only getting two or three yards a pop. So we really shouldn't count that, you know, because they had us, they ran the ball on one big play for 69 yards or 50 yards. So we really shouldn't count that as really good run games. Why? (laughs) Why? I mean, it all it all kind of collects and goes into the same thing. And I, I we're I we're bashing our run game, but our run game is right there. I mean, go look at some other teams around the league. Before we start bashing our own run game, go maybe go look at some other teams and how they're not running the ball. Because despite the Browns maybe getting two or three yards a pop, and despite Jerome for playing like garbage and going backwards for four or five yards at a, at a time or two. Um, by the way, I went back and looked at some of that game on video. Uh, boy, Jerome Ford is just what there were two or three plays there where he tried to go horizontal and, ugh, just nuts. Like he's got to do better. Um, but again, I mean, we have been so spoiled with someone like Nick Chubb, that now we're talking about this Browns running game. Some of us are complaining about it. And and 
I don't understand that perspective. I, I, I get your, I get what you're saying that you're getting two or three yards and maybe that's not an, in the a good for the NFL. But when you start saying, well, that's not going to cut it in the NFL, I'm going, it is cutting it in the NFL. <laughs> These guys are in the NFL. They, they, the Browns are succeeding. They're five wins and three losses and therefore they are cutting it. So I don't agree with that argument that you're some of you out there, Browns fans who would like to rip the run game right now and, and the offense or the Browns, I think you just need to take a step back and realize that the Browns are five and three. And I don't care how you sugarcoat it. I mean, <laughs> five and three is five and three. However you got there, you got there. So stop worrying about, you know, the run game and the passing game. You're five and three. You got there somehow. You're going to keep doing it that way or other ways. So Stefanski is a smart coach. Give him and give the players some credit. I think that's where it, it baffles me. Um, I think we overthink. We are overthinking a lot of these things. Um, so when I, you know, I hear comments like that, I've heard them from a, several media folks out there that this run game isn't cutting it. I'm going, how is it not cutting it? If you want to argue with me all day long, that's fine. But yet the Browns are still five and three yet. They're still going 150 yards rushing every, every game. Uh, they're doing what they need to do. And while I agree, Jerome Ford looks like hot, hot garbage out there. You know, if the, if he can get a run or two and the, the schemes are there and the run blocking um, is, is better. You know, I look for, I think Joel or Steve were talking earlier in the week about how, when the Browns play against Baltimore, there will be some opportunities for Jerome Ford and, and others like Pierre, Pierre strong to maybe do some of these um, gap runs where the, uh, the offensive lineman can, um, reverse and go to the backside. You know, you think about some of those big runs, like even that run I was talking about earlier with Nick Chubb, you know, they, they, um, lots some pulling guard action, some pulling, um, uh, tackle action is how, you know, kind of exploited that for Nick Chubb to where he could then burst, man, that's sh- that play though, back in 2019, when he went, what, 90 some yards, what a burst. Um, and that was funny because that was in 2019 when people were still starting to learn about Nick Chubb and even the commentator on TV said, I didn't know that Nick Chubb had that, had that kind of burst. <laughs> so it is why it is so difficult this season. I mean, losing Nick Chubb has changed this team, but they're five and three. So there's a lot uh, to be excited about. They got a big game tomorrow. Um, again, they've got to, you know, have some, they got to continue to run the ball. They got to, Distribute the ball, you know, give it to um, Kareem Hunt, give it to Pierre Strong, give it to Jerome Ford, continue to do this sort of um, running game by committee. Amari Cooper, they're going to be, you know, on him. We'll see uh, what he does. He's had some pretty good games the last few weeks. Uh, they could be all Ravens. The Ratbirds could be all draped on over him. So other wide receivers are going to have to, stand out and, and do some things. Cedric Tillman, um, Elijah Moore, again, Marquise Goodwin is out with a head injury. So is David 
Bell. So they're bringing up Austin Watkins. Yes, that Austin Watkins that was talked about throughout um, the mini camps and the preseason. So we'll see if he gets any touches in this game. I look for Deshaun Watson to try to go deep once or twice to Amari Cooper again. David Njoku obviously is having a really good season once again. The screen game, uh, we'll see how that looks tomorrow. I'm not worried about the Ratbirds. Uh, you shouldn't be either. It, it's one of those games that it's going to be very important that the Browns get off to a good start and not make mistakes early. This isn't like when they played against the Steelers in week two and Nick Chubb was injured and, you know, Watson threw an interception for a touchdown in the very first play of the game. That can't happen against Baltimore tomorrow. If that happens, oh boy. But it's not going to happen, folks. It's not. It's going to be a good game tomorrow. I look for the Browns to win a close game. I'm going to go 27-26 Brownies over the Ratbirds. And again, I hope you watch this game tomorrow with all the hate in your heart for those damn Ratbirds in Baltimore as you can and Art Modell where he took this Browns organization away from Cleveland. He got rid of Jim Brown. He got rid of Paul Brown. The, uh, you know, we all know what we think about Art Modell. So let's go out, Browns, go get a win tomorrow. Go beat those Ratbirds and come away and get ready for the uh, following week, a, ga- a big game against the Pittsburgh Steelers at home on November 19th. But first we got to get by and beat up those rat birds. All right, folks, have a great night. Thanks again for joining the Johnny Cleveland podcast. Again, the uh, Buckeyes are crushing uh, the Michigan state Spartans. Uh, again, thanks again. We'll have a pregame show tomorrow morning with my uh, host, Steve Gill, as we prep you for this big game. We'll also have a postgame show after it'll be a victory Monday celebration. I guarantee it. All right, folks, take care. Go Browns, and remember to, that's right, keep smiling. Take care.